This week's episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com Talking Southern Miss athletics with some pretty knowledgeable Southern Miss fans. Great place to go, unvarnished, unfiltered. You won't have to sift through the propaganda. Southern Miss fans, check it out. College Sports unfiltered.com Hey, it's Frank Caliendo, and I'll be back in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yes, Miss- I should have fixed this. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, for the fourth annual Last for Life comedic event. Mississippi, of course, home of Morgan Freeman and Brett Favre. August 2nd, might have said that already, and we'll see you there. Hakuna Potato. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Janie Arrington and Jason Bailey, here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda and the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I'm Jamie Arrington. He's Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, you guys. It is best of the Pine Belt week, uh, five days from now. So uh, fingers crossed we win this sucker. Bump's going all out. <laughs> I'm gonna wear my good jeans. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so we we decided to do an episode, just kind of recapping the year, kind of doing a 2018-2019 year in review, talking about some of the main things that happened this past year, talking about you know what we're going to be looking like moving forward in 2019-2020, as well as some other things that have come up on the college sports landscape. So let's just start with the the fiscal year. Uh, July 2018, the first thing that I kind of remember coming off, the, the Adidas deal was finally put into place, and we had the jersey reveal. And the problem with the jersey reveal is they did not specify what was a practice jersey and what was a real jersey. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So it was... I understand things didn't come in on time as they were supposed to. There was issues with the pants matching the jerseys in some cases, but we did get the Adidas deal in place. Um, for our first year, I think a lot of the jerseys look great. Uh, from an apparel standpoint, I hope they step up their game this coming year. Cause I think I talked with, um, I talked with Brad Smith a couple of months ago in the roost and just asked him about it. Cause I was kind of disappointed with what they put out there. And he said, you know, it takes about X amount of time before they really, you know, get it out there. So th- these things have to be planned like a year in advance. So hopefully moving forward, we'll have some better Adidas apparel. Finally got some jerseys at the uh, campus book Mart I saw. So uh, at least we can, we can, we can buy those now. Um, and it's coming along, you know, I saw our good buddy, Jeremy Cooper the other day had an Adidas uh, visor on. Um, so it's, it's coming. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those deals where we we're all so excited and super excited, uh, to get Adidas and to, to get every sport at Southern Miss kind of under the same umbrella, uh, apparel wise. And I think we expected way too much, way too quick. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, moving in the right direction and couldn't be happier to have Adidas on board. Also last summer, I remember one of the big topics of conversation on this show was the pressure wash, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're back on back on that again this summer. 
Good. Do you have any idea if it's going to be the outside of the stadium this time or just strictly the inside? Remember, we already did the inside last time, so we'll give that another decade and then go with the outside. I don't know how you can, like, I don't know how you can do the outside. I mean, like. Repel. Yeah, the (laughs) amount of money and insurance and everything that would go into something like that. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to doing it, but, like, that seems like that would be quite the haul and quite the expense just to do it. Like, it seems like it wouldn't be. It wouldn't make sense to do that financially, given everything else that we have going on. Very true. Very true. It still would be nice. And if they do yeah. it, I'm going to set up a chair and a cooler beer right across the street and watch it happen. Also, last summer, they broke ground on the new volleyball complex, which is being built. I mean, if you drive down 4th Street, you can see it out there in all its glory. It's it's coming along rather swiftly. And also, last summer, we had a record enrollment for the uh, incoming freshman class. So a lot of good things headed into the school year that it seemed like were going in the right direction for Southern Miss. So let's get to football. So football comes around media day. We're sitting there at media day. We have a request in to interview Quadra Griggs. They come to us. There's a, there's a news thing that comes out that morning. Quadra indefinitely suspended, uh, raw deal all the way around. And then, you know, his mother passes away during the season. It was really, a, you know, a tough semester for him. Um, but it kind of threw Jack Abraham into the mix right away at quarterback. And although, you know, his first game, Abraham looked amazing against Jackson state. We, we found that we were lacking in other areas, uh, namely the offensive line, uh, as well as the running game for the most part of the season. So to have such a strong defense that we had last year, I think last year's defense was the best in Hobson's tenure, but it really felt like, um, the offense sputtered a little more than it should have in year three. I remember at the end of last football season, I sent a text out to you and Shane, and I said, who do you think our MVP was this year? And it was dead silence for a while <laughs> because you really couldn't tell who – I, mean, I still don't know. Who, who would you give the, the MVP to? Would you give it to, like, the entire defense? They played great. Um, I can't think of one person really. I mean, maybe, maybe Quez, maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, outside of that, it, it was it was just a, an overall effort. And um, before the year, I thought that six was the floor, and that nine was probably the ceiling, and we probably end up at seven or eight. We ended up at six with a with a game that was canceled. I'm not positive we would have won that game. We weren't playing fantastic right then. But that's typically when Southern Miss will just show up and, and beat somebody that maybe you're not supposed to. That was the uh, Appalachian State game. Um, so ended up with six wins. Didn't get to go to a bowl. But uh, had a winning season, right? Um, and I don't know. I, I thought the football season kind of went as it should have. If, if we would have went off and won ten games last year, there would have had to been so many things go right, uh, in my opinion. And, and not to mention, like you said, breaking in a brand new quarterback, even though he's a good player, uh, still having to break in that quarterback and losing that senior leadership out of Griggs. So it was crazy. I mean, what do you think? So was, was Abraham the two going into last year? Uh, once uh, we didn't mention that, uh, once Keon went down, Keon transferred. Yeah. He was the number two going into the year. And given the circumstances, I thought he did pretty solid. Um, a lot of the issues we had last season have been addressed, and we're going to talk about that moving forward. But um, I felt like, given the circumstances, he did a pretty solid job. He's not—he's going to need some protection. When he has protection, he is really, really good. And 
you know, we had, whether it was injuries, whether it was coaching, whether it was guys being out of shape, we just didn't have the best performance from the O line last year. You know, they, they had their moments, obviously, but, um, I think we'll be a little bit better moving forward. But looking at some of the things that happen, you know, you have that second game of the year where that's a game against ULM that we probably should have won. Mm. And you mm-hmm. had Brett Favre and Doug Peterson as honorary captains. It was a big to do. Um, it was fun seeing them out there. It just, that one, that one loss by one point, we lost 20 to 21 in a game we should have won. That would have put us in a bowl game. So, I want to say, is that the game where I think we fumbled like on the one yard line? <laughs> Uh, and maybe snapped it over somebody's head and missed a couple kicks or something. Is that? Yeah, there was something bogus like that. We, we, we had a whole lot of crazy things. Like, it was the kind of game where you, we could not have played much worse, if I remember correctly, and still kind of had a shot right there towards the end, and it didn't happen. Um, and uh, looking, glancing back at the schedule here, remember two weeks later we played at Auburn and really had a shot to win that game the entire time. Lost 24-13, to 13, but... In my opinion, uh, maybe the best defensive effort of the of the season. Absolutely, and I think it. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was the longest game in Southern Miss history because you had the delay uh, that lasted several hours. That's true, right? Um, hmm. Offense just couldn't get it going, but the defense lit them up. And you mm-hmm. were sitting there going, "Well, you know, the defense. You know, you had to be proud of the defense." But Auburn had a really solid defense too. I mean, you have to give them credit where credit's due. Sure. You, you had the game against App State get canceled because of the hurricane. Um, you know, just glancing through everything. Of course, uh, you fall to UAB, who ended up winning the conference championship in overtime by a field goal after our kicker gets hurt, gets, you know, dinged up. Right. Um, you turn around the next week, you beat Louisiana Tech. That's a given. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we finish out the year six and five. You, you saw some solid performances t- there towards the end of the season from Tate Whiteley, backup quarterback, a really, you know, tough as nail kid. Um, so you, you saw where some things could be coming together for the future. Uh, you know, like I said, we'll talk about it towards the end of the show, but I feel really good about the direction Southern Miss football is heading. We didn't lose a lot last year. We got some really solid signees in some really key areas. So even though the year was disappointing, it, uh, it you kind of feel like we've got some momentum moving forward. It was kind of a nice bookend though. You start off with that 55 to seven drumming of Jackson state, which everybody expects, but then, after all the things that happened in the middle of the year, you end up with a 39 to seven thumping of UTEP. Uh, so th- those two games right there show you that, you know, the, the potential of the offense and, and hopefully that carries over to the next year. And like you said, there's so many people coming back. I, I can't remember where I saw this on Twitter, but it's something like 80 something percent of the offense and like 85 for 90 percent something of the defense returning. Uh, yeah. that's, uh, that's, which is probably the same reason why we couldn't figure out who an MVP was last year, because there's so many people that were kind of tied. Uh, so to have all those guys back and not to mention the people that we've, that we've added, but to have all those guys back for this year's is, should, you know, be huge and pay dividends. When I think about like the most exciting moment during football season, the thing that probably got our fan base hyped up the most, it would have to be. When Nick Mullins got the start against the Oakland Raiders on Thursday night football, had his coming out party, Ooh. you know, so, um, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with an injury. Nick Mullins, after a couple of games, they finally give him a, a shot to start against the Raiders and he lit him up. And it was, it was just, it was so much fun watching Nick's 
Twitter followers go up by the thousands, if not the tens of thousands that night. Yeah. Watching people find out who he was, you know, seeing him trending on Twitter and, and then, you know, then watching him finish out the season and seeing the guys rally around him and how much fun he had. It was really awesome to see Nick Mullins on that stage. You think George Kittle wants to have Nick get the nod this year? Well, I think he'll be fine either. I think they're, I mean, I know they're buddies, but I think he has a, a you know, a similar rapport with Garoppolo. But I, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that they're a great tandem. The thing I like about most about when Nick got that stuff, well, number one, I just like watching Southern Miss guys play. Uh, I'm almost not even a fan that much anymore. I pull for the Saints. I'm not as diehard as I used to be. But wherever a Southern Miss guy is playing, that's what I'm watching. So it's even better when they're a quarterback. Uh, we hadn't had too many of them. I mean, I guess you know we pulled for Austin Davis for a little while sporadically. And before that, I was Favre, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't really indicative of where the program is today. So it's nice to see Nick out there doing that. But the best part is when you start hearing these stories about about Nick and how all the players love him to death. Uh, Richard Sherman being one of them, being one of his is is a uh, biggest fans. And then you also hear stories about how uh, it's it's so it's the Southern Miss way. Like he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, hasn't got the best arm, but all of it's good enough. And he goes to the stadium and he practices with headphones on and he, you know, uh, yeah. all, all this stuff that, that you really got to do to be successful. And, um, Southern Miss guys are, are just never, ever, ever given the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and it's nice to see somebody finally get that shot and, and perform at a super duper high level. So, uh, pull in form this year to get that number two nod, uh, behind Garoppolo. Towards the end of football season, I get a message from a fan who kind of hinted that East Carolina was interested in our athletic director, John Gilbert. And there ended up being, like they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. There was definitely some fire here. And right there, when we're trying to figure out whether or not we're going to get a bowl game, it comes out that John Gilbert is indeed going to be the new athletic director at East Carolina. From that point, uh, Jeff Mitchell was promoted to become the interim AD while an AD search happened. And then later in 2019, it was announced that Jeremy McLean, the athletic director at Troy University, was going to come back to Southern Miss. He was at Southern Miss a few years back and be the new athletic director at Southern Miss. Now, people have mixed opinions on John Gilbert. Totally understandable. You know, I felt like he was a guy that was not a very... Not the best at communication, obviously, not having a Twitter account <laughs> or anything else. <laughs> he, he did some good things behind the scenes and, and took care of some things that needed to be done. But I feel like we're in a good place now with Jeremy McLean. He's a guy that's, he, he's very inspiring guy, a guy that's very relatable, a guy that, you know, you feel like some energy with him and you feel like he has the best interest of the university at heart. The thing that I would say about Gibby real quick, uh, Really nice man, really bad fit, but really hard worker. And I really hope that he does the best that he can possibly do for East Carolina. Seems like they love him. But we've got our guy in Jeremy McLean. Um, a lot of the same stuff that, that Gilbert did. Um, but, but, you know, it seems like Jeremy's going to kind of lead, uh, lead from the front a little bit more. Um, and, uh, just <laughs> for, for, for my money, um, He's just a better guy, uh, just from a fan standpoint, from from a uh, from an office standpoint, from a Mississippi standpoint. Um, 
and from an athletic standpoint, being that you know he played the, he played baseball and, and he's been around. So I, I, I'm, I'm tickled to death. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm tickled to death that Jeremy took the reins and 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 I don't. I mean, despite our dust up at the uh, after after the game at Reed Green Coliseum when I just had had enough and I ran into Gibby, um, I really didn't dislike him. Um, thank him for all that he did in the short time that he's here. But I think we can all agree that, that McLean is. It, for lack of a better term, just a better fit than Gilbert was. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, pres- our president, Rodney Bennett, learned this time around that maybe a search committee, uh, maybe a search firm isn't necessary, you know, although we got some, some solid guys for the job here the past uh, two times before. They weren't necessarily, they didn't end up being the best fit and left way before you would hope that they would do so. So, I think with Jeremy McLean, you have a guy that I'm not going to say he's going to retire here, but I think he has a little more of a vested interest, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I, there's, yeah, there's just a difference in wanting to have an athletic director job or wanting to have the Southern Miss athletic director job, right? I mean, there's there's a part there's there's just something else that's needed, whether you're a coach, probably a professor. Um, or an athletic director or president, that there's just something different about being a Southern Miss, and I don't know how to put my finger on what it is, but you got to have it. And um, and I don't think Gibby did, and I think McLean does. Moving on to basketball, you know, you come into this season, uh, Docs. It was Docs called it his best team yet. They had some high hopes going into the year. You know, you thinking, okay, maybe we can, maybe this is the year we can kind of get, you know, things back on track. And it comes crashing down on November the 25th as we fall 72 to 78 to William Carey. Uh, kudos to the team and the staff. They hung in there. They, they, you know, they bounced back. And when they got a little ways into conference season, they kind of started hitting their stride. I mean, you look at the January 26th game against Marshall where they defeat Marshall 101 to 51. And at that time, Marshall sure. top team in the conference. They rallied to finish up as a top four team in the conference by the end of the season, moving on to the conference tournament where they defeat Marshall again and fall in the semifinals to Western Kentucky 59 to 70. Then we move on to the CBI where we play the game at Longwood, the Longwood Lancers in Virginia and absolutely got blown out of the gym falling 90 to 68 in our postseason appearance. So, I think in a lot of ways the team, you know, lived up to the hype and that the game against William Carey is just such a black eye. You know, that Doc's the only coach to lose to William Carey. He's done it twice now. I understand the circumstances. I really don't think there was ever an excuse. But when the season ended, he resigned and was announced as the new assistant coach at Nebraska. So the end of the Doc Sadler era coming this year in Hattiesburg. If anything, it was the honorable thing to do, in my opinion. He didn't want to be here, right? Nobody really wanted him here besides just an absolute super small handful. And then after you say that you did want to be a head coach, even those people, you know, at least kind of, you know, came over to our side of thinking, I, I think. But um, I'm not ever pulling against anybody. But this was a this wasn't a six month ordeal. This was a five year ordeal. It was time to go. So, I mean, thank goodness. Right. Thank goodness that he stepped down um, or we'd still be sitting here. Um and we, 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 we would be, you know, with uh, the guy heading up the program was, is a guy that, that didn't even want to be the head coach. So 
after that, the, the search went on and talk about the right fit. We ended up with the right fit in Ladner, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, hey, real quick, back to the back. To, I wanted to make a point about the basketball season. Um, I, you know, my favorite player, Cortez Edwards, uh, as a guy that I got, to, you know, watch play for all four years here, a guy that gave it everything he had. Um, Tyree Griffin and Dominic McGee, I thought, were our second and third best players. Dominic didn't play nearly as much as he should have, but whatever. That's a doc question, I guess. But looking forward to next year, um, not only Ladner, but don't forget about Ladavius Drain. Maybe the best shooter in the history of USM coming back. So that I think that's kind of the storyline from last year. It's like we lost all these people who were, had put in so much time and effort, but we got a little bit coming back. And we got a coach that's energized beyond belief over the last guy. So those are two positive things along with the bond issue. But uh, so really three positive things going into the next year. And, and maybe I, I think the football, this football season also might give us a little spark heading into November. Well, Jay Ladner, you could tell as soon as the press conference happened for the folks that didn't know Jay from before, when he came in, the energy he brought in the room in the press conference, the, the down to earth feel that he had, the knowledge of Hattiesburg, the knowledge of Southern Miss, you could just tell that this was the job that this is his dream job, mm-hmm. but he was not treating it like it was a retirement job. He didn't treat it like I'm going to just go to Southern Miss to retire. He he treated it like I want to get Southern Miss back to the way it was when I played there. And you know he doesn't walk by anybody without saying hey. You know he's a guy that's out you know engaging the fan base, bringing some energy into the program and some new life, and it's much needed, especially at a at a very critical time. So I feel like I don't think it's going to be immediate, but I feel like big things are going to be ahead for Southern Miss basketball. Looking forward to it. And all you people that went out and said you're going to buy season tickets, I better see you at Reed Reed Green (laughs) sitting next to me because that was an awful lot of noise coming out of people that hadn't probably been to a game in a decade. So uh, bygones be bygones and all that, but I I hope to see everybody that made all that noise nearby. Let's talk football this spring. So the first kind of tidbit of news that I think a lot of fans were excited about, it was announced that Shannon Dawson would not be returning as the offensive coordinator at Southern Miss, and he would be taking a position on the offensive staff at the University of Houston. All right, so this is when things got really wacky because there was a name that was thrown into the mix. Uh, Art Bryles, the former head coach at Baylor, mm. and all kind of things happened there, and this was probably the biggest news story of the year if you're going to pick one. So Art Bryles comes in, um, meets with some alumni, I believe he met with the president, and then it's announced that he is, that, uh, Dr. Bennett and Mitchell, the interim AD, that Bryles is there, he's not going to be approved for the job. This is on signing day, I believe. So Coach Hobson sends out his own personal press release for the guy, vouching for him, and it just got blown up into the media and spun around. And mm-hmm. uh, but I think when all was said and done, I think we came out with a great fit. We've got the new offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, Buster Faulkner, who's coming from Arkansas State. Before that, he was at Middle Tennessee State, and Scotty Walden seem like much better fits for what we do here and the ways we've been successful in the past. Uh, there's been so many times where there's been so many, you know, Shannon Dawson was serviceable, but again, not the best fit. Right. Um, and getting back to that Bryles thing, I'd almost forgotten about it, but oh my gosh. Uh, I think my, my, it was like my phone was hyperventilating people, you know, texting and <laughs> wanting to know information, which I didn't know anything, but the rumors were a flying, 
uh, there for what a week or two at yeah. least. Yeah, it's uh, been a week. Yeah. I mean, and then you had Bauer's name thrown in the middle of that. Um, yeah, nobody knew what I, I heard that you know Jay was going to get reprimanded by the president, and the president knew about it, and the president didn't know about it, and Jay went rogue, and um, I still I still don't know exactly what all went down, but in the end, I'm with you. I'm not one of these guys that thinks it was that it was a slam dunk hiring Art Bryles. Skillet's too hot. Uh, I wish him the best. I think he's a good man. Um, but yeah, in just right now, specifically at Southern Miss, I, I just I I wanted to stay away from that because <laughs> I mean, either way, I think we all agree that we we're going to improve on our offensive coordinator from the year before, right? So if the one from a year before like averaged us like I don't know 27, 28 points, whatever we averaged, uh, and the people that we have this year we know are better than that guy. So let's say that points per game average is going to go up a little bit more. Uh, so how much would Browse actually have done? I don't know. Anyway, it's it's I like where we ended up. I, I would I wouldn't have minded if they had just handed the keys to the kingdom over to Scotty and said go get him, Tiger. But to at least he's he's in the mix. And uh, he deserves it. And I still had not met Buster yet, but I'm looking forward to meeting him. I, I, from from all accounts, he's he's a good guy, and, and guys are buying in. So we'll see what happens. But either way, I, I I just think we're better than we were last year, no matter what. Also, we had you know changes in a couple of different coaches, uh, O line, strength conditioning coach, and we signed an influx of very large linemen in recruiting. So when you look at the depth that we've got coming into the spring, heading into the spring game, we had we although we had some injuries in the spring game where guys didn't get to play, you could see a lot of the depth out there, a lot of the size, and you know it just felt you could just the team just feels it feels kind of like it did in 2015. You kind of feel like they're on the verge of something, you know, at least to me. And then you know you talk about another star recruit. We sat next to his mom, Jaden Johnson, sure, a quarterback. You could see that you know he, mm. he's probably not going to be the guy this year, but moving forward. I mean, sky's the limit for this kid. Boy, he looks good, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, and, 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 hey, that's good for Tate and for Jack, too, to have somebody behind you. It's probably going to be pushing you a pretty good bit. It's going to take an awful lot for him to crack that lineup. Um, I think in a perfect world, wouldn't you think you wanted to go ahead and redshirt? Uh, you, yeah, you would, but, you know, it's one of those things like as long as he doesn't play more than four games, he gets the redshirt. Hmm, forgot about you that. Know? Well, that's another thing that happened last year. Is that that wasn't last year the first year for that? Right, that's correct. That's huge. I mean, that is absolutely now. Now, is, is that playing in four separate games? Yes. So you don't. Yes. So it's not okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of. I mean, so if he comes in and does like hands the ball off one time in four separate games, and that's all he can do. Correct. Okay. Well, still, that's better than it used to be. Um, hopefully, you'll have a chance to maybe like the Alcorn game, you know, just a, a, a chance to get in there and get your feet wet just a little bit. Hopefully, that's all he has to do. Because if he has to come in and play a whole lot, that only that means one of two things. That means that uh, either Jack and Tate just sucked really bad and they're out of there, or that means that both of them got hurt. Neither scenario is good for us having a successful football season. So let's hope that we see very little of Jaden Johnson this year, honestly. Because um, if we do, that means better things for the team, you know, collectively. So, and and then we'll, in the future, we're going to see a whole lot of him though, because he's he's an all-world talent, and I just I can't wait to watch that guy run up and down the football field. Another tidbit regarding football: we had a deal announced with the University of Miami, 
we will be heading on the road to take on the Hurricanes in a few years. And then we have a couple of home-and-homes with Troy University as well. Also, NFL news, former Southern Miss head coach Todd Munkin interviewed and was a finalist for several head coaching jobs in the NFL, but ended up being the new offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, who are absolutely loaded on that side of the ball. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun to watch how that plays out. You had Picasso Nelson, uh, the only player off the squad this year, to sign an undrafted free agent deal. He signs with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Jamie Collins cuts from the Browns because of his enormous salary, (laughs) but he signs back with the New England Patriots where he really made his mark. So, um, you know, things are looking up for some former Golden Eagles and things are looking up for Southern Miss football. Let's talk baseball. Baseball was a very up and down, inconsistent year this year, but it all's well that ends well. Uh, Southern Miss finishing the season 40 and 21, winning the conference championship at the conference tournament. Had some, some games that they came out and, and won and just blew teams out of the water. Had some games they should have won where they got blown out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was really tough to read this team, but when all was said and done, uh, had a very solid showing in the Baton Rouge regional, defeating Arizona State twice. Falling to LSU twice, a very close game there, uh, that last game, but solid baseball season, you know, more of the same for Southern Miss. I, I came into the season. I really wasn't expecting much. I felt like if we could win a conference championship, that would be huge given what we lost the year before. But, uh, you know, as the season went along, guys started to kind of make their mark. You had some new heroes step up. You know, you had Matt Walner, all American Matt Walner. You know, it took him a little while to get going after a preseason injury. But um, very very solid season for Southern Miss baseball. Lost an awful lot from the from the uh, year before. Starting shortstop of four years, uh, starting first baseman, starting third baseman, possibly the best pitcher in the history of the school. And somehow we were we were still I think preseason uh, number one in conference USA. That's pretty cool. Um, but pitching was going pitching was the question mark uh, all year long and. I mean, to the very end, I mean, it, it was it was, a, it was a question mark. Really, the the one mainstay was Walker Powell, right? Um, from that very first game against Purdue, way back when, um, till the uh, super till the uh, till the regionals, uh, Walker Powell pretty much did the same thing every time he took the mound. Um, so every Friday we had a shot. Uh, looking forward to next year. Um, Right. Well, in the conference tournament, the emergence of, well, maybe a little bit before the conference tournament, but mainly the conference tournament, the emergence of Gabe Shepard, um, who looks like he might could come in next year and really fill that Friday spot, um, maybe move Walker to Saturday or either way. Doesn't matter. The point is now we'll probably have a legitimate one, if not two ones. So that's something that we struggled with the entire year. How many times did we shake that lineup up? You know, you and I talked about it a lot, but, um, Scrolling back through a lot of these scores, I mean, up and down is is uh is, is is exactly what it is. I'm looking at a streak right here where we lost one, two, three, four, five out of six. It looks like right there. Then bounced back against Charlotte with a sweep. But um, and it's also a season where I want to say we had seven weekend sweeps. Um, so it was, it was so weird. But I don't think anybody can can dispute the fact that the team at the end of the year would have beat the snot out of the team at the beginning of the year. And that's cool. That's coaching. Um, that's why uh, that's why Coach Barry makes the big bucks, and that's why every single time somebody, you know, 
thinks that we should go out and, and just get rid of Barry and, and find somebody else, it's just laughable. So I, I don't know of a lot of a lot more coaching staffs or any other coaching staffs that could have taken uh, that, that they could have kept these guys together like they did the entire year. And um, and and, you know, we, we might have been the best team in that regional right there at the end. Uh, things just bounce our way a little bit. Um, we could we could have made it to, to our next super. So I thought I thought it was I thought it was an overachieving year. There, there's there's times where I thought we were great and times where I thought we were horrible. <laughs> and um, and in the end, we probably ended up about where maybe we should have. Uh, but I thought at the end of the year we were playing way better than we were at the beginning, and it could have been a slightly overachieving season overall. Let's touch on women's basketball real quick. The Lady Eagles finished the season 18 and 14 on the year, making it to the second round of the WBI. Then you have softball. Softball comes along, has a winning season, 30 wins, 22 losses. You know, kind of hit a streak after Coach Wendy Hogue was on the show. But then after the season, Wendy Hogue resigned. And later we find out that she's going to be the new head coach at Pedal. And we have a new softball coach. I don't know much on him other than what I've read. Brian Levin, he's the head coach of Belmont in Nashville. Uh, former Green Beret. Had a very solid run coaching softball. So I'm, I'm curious to learn more about him. But, um, you know, kind of a kind of a surprise to a lot of us when Wendy Hogue stepped down at the end of the year. Yeah, straight shot to the gut for me. <laughs> um, and But, but yeah, hey, you've got to make life decisions sometimes and um and she made one and she made a good one she's not going far she'll be in pedal i'm sure she'll still be at some games um we'll, we'll probably see her come walking by a tailgate or something oh, what a super duper lady and gave it her absolute all from the time she stepped on campus until she left and you always say you want to leave it better than you found it i don't think there's any disputing that right uh she definitely left it better than she found it could never get over that hump um I remember talking about it in the interview. So many games were just one run loss here, two run loss there, uh, you know, extra inning loss here. Uh, and, and sprinkled in was also some, uh, you know, top 10, top 15, top 20 victories. So we were right there on the cusp, just never quite got over that hump. Um, through no fault of anybody's, it just didn't happen. So wish Wendy all the best. I don't know, Coach, um, is it Levin? Levin. Okay. I don't know Coach Levin at all, but from what I from what I've read, um, you know, along the same lines as Wendy, really. But uh, just a guy that's kind of won everywhere he's been, and it comes in with a heck of a resume, including being a Marine, if I if I remember right. So uh, cool, man. Let's get that guy on board, and and, uh, and I can't wait to watch some softball games again. Last year, I, I got to admit, I haven't been to a whole lot of softball games. Ever, but uh, last year after talking with Wendy and meeting her, uh, I went out to a few games and had a blast. Had an absolute blast. So I guess I'm on board with that too. I guess I got to figure out how to tell my wife we're going to get season tickets to something else. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, looking forward to Coach Levin for sure. Some other sports just to touch on real quick. This was the first season for beach volleyball at Southern Miss. So they're getting that program off the ground. Track and field probably had the best year mm. out of anybody, uh, any of the athletic programs here at Southern Miss. And then, you know, the cherry on top, the 1% tax vote that happened this year with the city of Hattiesburg overwhelmingly passed the 1% tax on um, food, beverage, and tourism. 
and that will go half of that will go towards a new re or renovations to Reed Green Coliseum. So that was a really, really awesome day for Southern Miss. All right, so looking forward, let's touch on the sports and then let's touch on the athletic department as a whole. So we've kind of touched on football a little bit. You're, we, I think we have a similar gut feeling. It feels like things are starting to come together for Southern Miss football. This is the first, this is the closest we've had to a full roster in quite some time. We did have some attrition. I don't think it was anything major. We didn't lose very much last year as far as seniors. I think it was the smallest number of seniors we've had in quite some time. So you got a lot coming back. You got a lot coming in. You got, you probably have three deep on the O line, if not close to it. It's the first time that's happened in a long time. You got some size up front. You have a nasty defense. You got two guys that are solid at quarterback. You got, I mean, you got speed on both sides of the ball. You know, if, if, you know, you, you really can't say what's going to happen. I really can't just say predict what I think is going to happen next year because you don't know what's going to happen with injuries or, you know, other mm-hmm. circumstances, but it really feels like this team will be competing for a conference title this year. And I love our schedule, even though, remember, we only have five home games. Right. So five home games. So we got to make every single one of those count. But along with those five home games, you got two bay days which we know how much we need money around here. So five home games, two paydays. Uh, but the biggest thing that I think for coming up this year is that the defense is back. Uh, I, I know that we saw glimpses of it last year and, and statistically we ended up in, you know, the top 20, top 15, top whatever, in a lot of different categories, however they, they, they rank those. But um, I saw it with my eyeballs and they look fast and they look, a lot like they did back in the so-called heyday of Southern Miss, in my opinion. And um, and I, I, I if, if I'm another team, I think it's I think it's getting back to that point to where we're gonna maybe start having some trouble scheduling some people <laughs> because you just don't want to play the kind of defense that we're gonna run with the with the kind of athletes that we have. And and on top of that, you mentioned it, but um, the numbers are back. Uh, we're getting closer and closer. What are, we, are we at 80 scholarships now? 80, 81, somewhere in there? Uh, around 80, yes. That's almost a full deck. I mean, that's uh, for, for those that don't know, two or three years ago, I want to say we're in the 60-something range. That's like playing – that's like at the NCAA gave us like, you know, this uh, 15 scholarship, 20 scholarship um, reduction for, for penalties or something. And it was just because of, well, Ellis and then what happened all after that. But anyway – uh, to, to be playing on a fair, it's, it's finally going to be a fair fight. And that's the biggest thing of all. Um, it's too bad that we only have five games, but I kind of like it. I kind of like, uh, not having anything back to back. You mentioned that before. And I kind of like back to back as far as home games go. Right, 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 right. Yeah. No back to back. In other words, you don't have to like, if you live three hours away, you don't have to decide like, Hey, I'm going this weekend because you know, out of this weekend and next weekend, I want to go to this one, or vice versa. You know, you can you can pretty you can probably make every single one of them, um, which I think is a great thing. And by the way, everybody listening is officially invited to come tailgate at our tailgate spot. Swing hey, by hold on now. Hold on now. Yeah, swing by, bring some beer, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but no, man, I'm I'm already getting fired up about it. It happens every year about this time, but of course, super duper fired up. I got a brand new game. I sent you a text the other night. I got a brand new game. I'm bringing out the tailgate this year. So we'll have one more, uh, one more thing to do while we're sitting around. And, um, 
Yeah. Hey, hey, which game? Uh, which game are you looking more forward to going to uh, on the road? You know, I'm really kind of indifferent about it, man. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the team does against everybody on the schedule. Like, there's not like a. I'm, I am excited. I will say this: I'm not on the road, but at home, I am excited to finally get Western Kentucky into Hattiesburg. Sure, that's one we've been waiting on for a while. But back to the the team itself. You know, there's been some criticism of Coach Hobson, the way he's handled certain things. But I kind of feel like we've got better coaches, better situations for coaches uh, in, in certain positions. Not necessarily even the way that the coaches relate to the players, but also what the coaches have to work with. I feel like we've got better situations uh, in a lot of these positions. You know, last season it was rumored, and and obviously so, that the offensive line didn't show up in the best of shape. We have a new a new strength conditioning coach this year, uh, so there's a lot of things that have happened that just make me feel like we're in a better situation all the way around. And you know, if this is if this is this is a season where you fully expect us to be back in a bowl game, if we are not, there are some huge problems. If last year the floor was six, mm, boy, it's hard for me to get off that six number. I think we're so much better. I, we're, the, I think we're better, and I think, but I think it's a tougher schedule as well. Right? Do you put the floor at seven? I think that's fair. I mean, I think that that feels like that feels like the floor. I mean, it feels like we should have eight or more wins next year. North Texas for homecoming, man. That's a huge one. Do they still have that quarterback? They do. God. I think he's on like his eighth year of eligibility. No, I'm well. kidding. He's he's been around for a while, but it's good to have that game at home. So mm. I, I'm feeling good about football. Let's touch on basketball. So we mentioned the new coach in Jay Ladner. We mentioned you know we're losing a lot of the core. We lost what five seniors last year that took up a lot of the usage. So, but we got some good young talent. You know, Ladavius Drain appears to be the superstar of the team. We had some solid recruits come in. You have some new energy with Jay Ladner, but there's going to be a lot of new faces on mm-hmm. the court, on the sidelines. We play uh, at the Battle uh, of, of Atlantis, the Battle for Atlantis, which includes the following teams, North Carolina, Oregon, Michigan, Gonzaga, Iowa State, Seton Hall, Alabama, and Southern Miss. So we are going to have some serious RPI games in the midst, some, some, uh, a serious test for the Golden Eagles right out of the gate. But that's fun. Those are teams that I would like to see us play, you know, regardless of the circumstance. So I don't expect much as far as results from, I think, I, I think for me to be happy with the direction of Southern Miss basketball, I just want to see the energy. I want to see the, I want to see how this coaching staff works, how these players respond. I want to see energy and effort. Those, those are the main things that I want to see out of basketball this year. Right. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to seeing the new faces on the court. But, I mean, you mentioned the main guy, um, well, Davies Duran. He's the guy that you have to you have to get involved from the word go. And there's some games last year where he played like seven minutes. Anyway, but uh, – um, don't forget, uh, guys like, uh, uh, Gabe Watson. Gabe Watson's coming back. Gabe is a guy that could possibly take over that, that point spot. I'm not positive he's a true point, but, um, there, there are some familiar faces that are returning. It's just some of the other guys that like we mentioned er- earlier with, with Tyree and with, and with Cortez. I mean, they played like 39 minutes a game, <laughs> you know? So you, you didn't have a chance to see anybody else. So, but we do have some coming back and, and 
I'm interested to see some of these new recruits that Jay's got coming in. You know he's going to put forth the effort, and it's never been a question of whether the players put forth the effort, honestly, over the last five years. Um, there's been question marks elsewhere, but um, I think the effort will be there. I just think we lost our two best players, and that's going yeah. to be real tough. And to start that's off this. with teams like that right off the bat, I don't want people to get a bad taste in their mouth. I'm not saying that I'm not giving us a shot. Obviously, I, I will, but that's a pretty tall task. Um, that would be like if we lost everybody from you know this year's football team. And then started off with, you know, Alabama and Clemson next year. That's, you know, is what it is. But, um, but the excitement level is back. And you mentioned the energy and all that and the passion, but I think it's back and it's not even basketball season yet. We've been just looking for, I, I went to games hoping there are people going to be sitting around me for five years. And I don't feel like that's going to be the case anymore. I think people are going to want to go watch it. I just hope that their expectation level, you know, isn't that, hey, we're, you know, going to the final four <laughs> because it's, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to take a little while just to, to get players. And, um, but I, but Jay's done it before and I think he'll do it again. And I think he wants to. So let's talk about baseball. So Southern Miss baseball, you're losing some guys. Matt Walner, by the way, a, a supplemental first round pick by the Minnesota Twins gets to play for his hometown team. He's been first team, second team. All-American in most all the publications. So you're losing a guy like that with that kind of production. You're losing guys like Hunter Slater. Bryant Bowen just announced that he is transferring for his final year to South Carolina. You're yeah, what's up that with that? I have no idea. He was a guy. He was a guy that probably, if I had to say, you know, one of my favorite players was was Bryant Bowen, just the way he played. I liked I liked his attitude. I liked his swagger. I liked the energy he played with. I don't know what possessed him to decide to transfer, but he did. So next I don't know man what position up. he's going to play in, on, on playing at South Carolina. That's that's what I would like to know. DH maybe. I, I you know, I don't know what they have coming back. I don't know what they. And I don't think they made it very far in the tournament either. So I'm not sure what, you know, what he's thinking is going to happen there. But he felt like it was in his best interest interest to go. Um, us coming back, we've got some good young talent. We've got some, you know, I think the pitching staff could be better this year mm-hmm. coming up with the guys we have coming back and the guys who stepped up towards the end of the season. Uh, we're going to have a hole at catcher that, that hopefully we can figure out. The, the draft kind of hit us there as well as attrition. So I don't know what to really expect for this uh, the baseball team coming up in 2020, but um, you definitely at least, you know, expect the winning season and, and make it. I don't expect us to, you know, make a run at a, hosting a regional next year, but I think we should have a solid base. I think there enough is there to have a solid year. Not one of those deals where barring injury, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you, I mean, going Shepard and, and Powell Friday, Saturday is going to beat a lot of people. Um, you, and you look at another guy, Josh Lewis, he stepped up in the uh, regional last year. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, players like Brand Blaylock and, um, Players, uh, I can't think of all the people right now, but Danny Lynch, Danny you know, Lynch, true freshman Gillis. third. You know, is he going to stay at third? Is he going to move over to first? I know at the beginning of the year, there's a lot of speculation that you know he'll play third base this year and then kind of do what his brother did and play first base after that. But he looked fantastic towards the end of the year. I thought at the beginning of the year, maybe the stage was a little too big. I'm not positive, but uh, you know, I, I thought he got. Not only better defensively, I thought he was, you know, one of our better defensive defenders. So, um, if that's the case, then you're going to have a corner spot filled up for four, 
straight years. Um, that's huge. And, um, and, and you also got Mono Negro, you know, coming back. You got Matt true. Gidry, Matt Gidry, who was banged up all year. You know, you didn't see a healthy Matt, Matt Gidry hit the field this year. McGillis. You got Will McGillis back, right? Uh, you got LeBlanc. I mean, the kid we signed some, from uh, from from West Jones. You got you got several signees that should come in and make an impact. I mean, it's it's going to be a young team. It's just a lot of unknowns right now. There's not that you know you don't have a lot, a whole lot coming. You don't have the majority of the team coming back that that contributed. So yeah, well, the be, big thing is you lose Walter, right? The big right. the big thing is just Walter. I mean, he's that's the uh, that's the elephant in the room. It's like the elephant in every room. <laughs> he's uh He's, you know, the home run king, a guy that hit, you know, what did he ended up with? 57, 58 home runs? Yeah. Something like that in three seasons? That's, that's incredible. That's almost 20 a year. So that doesn't come around, you know, ever. Literally, has never came around. So so losing him is going to hurt a whole lot. But um, having him probably opened up the door for some other players that caliber, maybe to, you know, kind of dip their toe in the water in Hattiesburg. So. That's probably going to help too, and and yeah, every year this is this is what you do in college. You sit in the major leagues, you sit in professional sports. Yeah, every every so often you got to reload. Um, we had to do it when 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 Braley and McCarty left, right? Um, so at the end of next year we'll have a story, just like we had this year, and it's going to be tough, but it's going to be fun. Let's talk about the athletic department as a whole. So this is so you had. Um Jeremy McLean come in this spring. You had a, a new marketing guy in uh, Brad Smith. You know, you've got Jeff Mitchell in there. You've got Brian Morrison. You've got a good young core. You got Kent Hagenauer back. Mm-hmm. You got a good young core of, you know, athletic administrators. And it feels like there's some energy there and there's some motion there. So I'm really curious to see how it plays out with this leadership being together now. You know, you're not having to piecemeal anybody together. You've got your entire staff in place. And I'm curious to see what these guys can do together and how they can move the athletic department forward. It's a great time to have those pieces in place. And it's also a great time to um, dominate on the football field this year with the uh, with the new spot opening up in the in the well, if they fill it. But um, but yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with the guys that we have in place. And I think we'll be hearing from one of those guys on a future podcast really quickly. <laughs> I think we'll hear from two of them before <laughs> okay. the summer's up. Nice. Um, <laughs> but but you kind of t- you kind of touched on it, which where we were going next. The big chatter this week is conference realignment, and basically this is what's gone down. UConn, it was rumored, and it happened today that UConn is receiving an invite to join the Big East, uh, which will leave the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, with eleven teams. It's you know, understood that UConn's going. It's just uh, they're not making it in football. They're more of a basketball school. The Big East is a better fit for them in a lot of ways. Football, maybe not as much, obviously, since there's not really a football Big East. I don't know what they're going to do, go independent or what. But basketball is their bread and butter, and they're going to go back and join the Big East. So the AAC has got 11 teams now. No word yet on what the plans are for the AAC. If there's an immediate rush to fill that that position and bring them back to 12 teams or if they're going to try to wait it out with 11 there's no word about what anything's what is going to happen right now and so i know our fans have started clamoring 
I know pretty much every team in every conference that isn't <laughs> AC, mm-hmm. that is a, a, a group of five or whatever, low resource five or whatever you want to call them, uh, their fan bases are clamoring for them to get in for various reasons. But if you look at the list of, of teams out there that could be possible replacements, to me, there really isn't an obvious choice for replacement. You know, there, there's a, there are a lot of teams that are good in different ways. There's things that, you know, they may have an edge in facilities. They may have a locate, uh, an edge in market size. Uh, but there really isn't a team that I think just stands out. You look at some of the things that as far as Southern Miss goes, you look at our location. I think the location is great compared to some of the other schools like a BYU, like a, you know, Boise State, like an Air Force that are a little further out and the travel expenses would be, would be, you know, astronomical. You've got us right here in between Tulane, uh, right here in Memphis. You know, we have relationships with those schools. Where we get dinged on that is market size. They say we don't have the biggest market, <laughs> you know, whatever. But if you look at actual, I believe Google posted something like the most Google searches for certain teams, like how they gauge, you know, how many fans they have. I think we were the the largest team in Conference USA when that came out as far as who they projected, our, how they projected our fan base. Um, and I think that the market size argument is kind of going by the wayside a little bit. I don't think it was as prevalent. And, you know, it obviously paid off with teams like Houston and UCF, but I don't think it was as big of a deal as it was made out to be the last time around. Um, I think, I think Southern Miss's brand is solid nationwide. Um, I think if they, I think if they go with brand, I think we got a shot. I think if they go with merit, we got a shot. And if they go with TV sets, we have no shot. That's kind, well, that's kind of it. But I don't really know who has a shot. When you factor everything, I mean, like, I mean, if there is a shot that's going to be taken, they can still stay with eleven. Yeah. They could still stay with eleven, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they could try to find a football only member. They could go with something like Army, but. You know, looking at performance, I don't know that Army does it for you. You look how they, I think they won only 13 games when they were in Conference USA. You know, you look at a school like BYU, which would definitely bring the eyes and the ears, but that's a long way to travel. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's like going all the way to El Paso or something. Absolutely. El Paso, I think, would be closer. <laughs> right. Um, so that's a haul. You know, I don't, I, I know that some of these, Schools are in decent market size. UAB is in a decent, decent size market. Um, Old Dominion, but you know, you look at the support that's out there for these teams. It's, you know, UAB almost canceled their football program a couple of years ago. Sure. So, you know, Tulane, there, there's, for that matter, almost did that yeah, several years yeah, ago. Yeah, Tulane almost did that. You know, uh, is, is, is Marshall kind of, you know, lobbying for this thing too? I'm sure they will be, but something else that Dr. Bennett touched on when he was doing the to the top tour or whatever, looking for, um, you know, talking with fans about who they wanted to see as a new AD. Some of the, you know, he said that the, the big thing that he's focused on is getting our academic status where it needs to be for something like this. Sure. And, you know, I know we've made some strides in the academic academia. I know he realizes some of the mistakes that were made with hiring the, you know, previous athletic directors. I think he knows kind of the direction he wants to take it in. Um, the thing that I, the best case scenario for Southern Miss, I think, is for nothing to happen right now. I think that if we can, you know, make some waves in football, if we can get the support up in basketball, 
you know, if we can get the facilities, like get the, you know, renovations going for Reed Green, it gives us a much better shot. If you look at just who deserves the spot, it's Southern Miss. If you look at, you know, who is, you know, traditionally the best football program, unfortunately, our history doesn't help us out much right now, you know? You, it's you just almost ridiculous. To, I'm sorry for interrupting, but no. it's, it's, it's just almost ridiculous that we're having we're vying for a spot with a group of teams that we dominated for a decade. Isn't that weird? Versus current AAC schools in football, Southern Miss is 122, has 122 wins, 62 losses, and two ties all time. So, pretty much doubled up. What, uh, you know, our wins over these, these teams, yet, uh, you know, they're, they're not giving us a seat at the table. It's, and we have some things that, you know, I think Reed Green, Reed Green, we love Reed Green, but Reed Green is a dump. I think that's what's hurt us as much as anything. But the great thing is we can at least show them now, hey, maybe the last time you picked us, it was market size, maybe a little bit was Reed Green. But look, we got over a million dollars coming in every single solitary, well, for what, three straight years. Uh, that's going straight to Reed Green. So, I mean, maybe you could at least present that in your argument. Like, if this is going to hold us back, uh, this is what we're doing about it. Where before, I don't think we had uh, – there was nothing we could say. Like, hey, what are you going to do about Reed Green? Uh, nothing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and, you know, if you look at arguments like attendance, I think we're right there in the mix for attendance. I, I, I mean, it wasn't – I think college football attendance as a whole is down across the board. But I, I, I think that our attendance is going to be back up a little bit this year with the way we're doing things. Um, I don't think it's really necessarily relevant. What is relevant is the amount of boosters we have. And I'm just, I'm, I'm pulling this out of my brain, so it could be wrong. But I believe when East Carolina was chosen, they had over 20,000 members in their pirate club. 20,000. You know, and this, we, this is why we are kicking, steadily kicking their ass. Sure. I don't know that I don't know that we've got two thousand. Yeah, I think it's around that number, which is a travesty. Uh, and we've been how long are we gonna have to bang on that drum? But you you know, know you you can't shame people into joining. You can't shame. No, people but into I think support. what you can, I think what you can do is you can just keep telling. Like, look, this is a big deal. Like, oh man, I can't. I'm not. I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big donor. Yeah, don't, you don't have to be. Like, we. This is vital. It's not just that I kind of want you to because you get to go to these soirees that the Eagle Club has like a few times per year or that you get the swag in the mail or anything like that is that it's super duper important. It's got this. It's one of the it's almost got to happen. If we're going to have a shot at this, it's really has got to happen. You got to have a good football season. You got to start making some putting some lipstick on that pig of an arena over at Reed Green. And you got to grow the Eagle Club, not by like another thousand people. You got to grow it by like another like 18,000 people. We need 18,000 more people that have like that are given 150, 200, 300 bucks a year. That's nothing. You put all that together and all of a sudden you fund scholarships, right? And you can use that extra money to like, I don't know, pay your assistant football coaches more money. It's so, it would be so easy to do. I don't know why we can't all pull on the rope in the same direction, but if we ever do, and when we do, it's, it's not like it's never been done. When Sutter Miss fans and, and, and leadership and coaches and everybody does pull in the right direction, dude, it is a beautiful thing. And we are at a crossroads right now. And in my opinion, we have the people around just in Hattiesburg to do it. Uh, but our footprint reaches more than just Hattiesburg and just everybody gives just a tiny little bit. And you get that Eagle Club membership around up around like East Carolinas. Um, we have way more cool looking things around campus. 
There's more people sitting around you at games, and you're probably in a different conference. So it's and there. I think, I think that just a thousand more would would pay dividends. It would fix a lot of problems because you know every every athletic administrator that we've had at the top for as long as I can remember, every one of them has had a plan. Every one of them has had things they wanted to do. Now, the problem has been implementing those plans because of funding. You know, you talk about, you know, Richard Giannini. I know there's some mixed feelings on him, but we were trying to get the end zone renovation done and the city bailed on us. Now we've got a, a, a city administration that's behind the university that understands the importance of the university. That's huge. Mm, good point. Um, it's just something that's, it's, 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 I don't know that we're in the position right now that we're, if we had to go today, if they're like today, I don't know that we're there. But the good news is, is that I'm not sure they're on a timetable either. And if we can make some waves in football this year, if we can come out and win a conference championship, if we can, you know, knock off some teams that we are not supposed to knock off, it'll put, gives, give some visibility and hopefully the fan base will, and, and you know, we talk about you can't shame the fan, I'm not shaming the fan base at all. We have a very, very good, solid core group of fans. We just don't have enough of them. And I think that a lot of times people have these opinions like, oh, well, what are we doing in this conference? Why are we here? And it's like, well, if the same people were that are saying these things were actually donors, like they, it wouldn't be an issue. But but they're not a lot of times. So if you have an opinion on this, if you think that we're not doing enough to do it and you're not in the Eagle Club, I'm not sure. I think everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I'm not sure your opinion is valid. If that makes sense. No, yeah. I mean, if if you're, <laughs> you hear so many people say, "Well, I'm coming back." You know, if we get in the American Conference, man's tickets are gonna ticket sales are gonna skyrocket, and Eagle Club memberships are gonna skyrocket. I'm like, well, you know, we played all these same exact teams uh, 10, 15 years ago, all the time. And attendance was pretty much the same, and uh, Eagle Club membership was still pretty much the same. So maybe something's changed. Maybe you know, maybe they've said, "Oh, um, you know, like I can't wait to get back in that same exact conference that we dominated forever." But um, but it's it, it's I don't know, man. I, I I don't know how to explain it, but I, I just can't emphasize the point enough to where you you can't you you kind of touched on it, but you you can't complain about it if you're not. You know, if you don't, if you don't at least throw something in the hat. If you have expectations that we should be in the AAC, you cannot, it's not fair to Jeremy McLean and his staff to expect us to get in there when we have 1500 boosters. Like you're sending them to a gunfight with a pocket knife. Sure. If, if we don't have enough of those, and you're not going to shame people, you're not going to, you know, but if you're a Southern Miss fan and you want to see good things happen in the future, we got to find, we got to get some more boosters. I'm going to up mine a level. Uh, I'll go ahead and put that on the record. <laughs> I transfer stocks over every year to pay for my equal club. Good for you. I, I'm going to bump it up a level because I want to put my money where my mouth is. You know, I got some car repairs that need to happen. <laughs> I'm going to try to make them happen. But at the same time, um, I know that uh, I try to always pay a little bit more each year, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just bump it up a level this year uh, while we're at it. I'm not challenge I'm not doing that to to thump my chest and say look at me. All I'm doing is just say like if I'm gonna talk about it, I'm gonna do it. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna try to get the our listeners, a core group of fans that we have, and we have great fans, we just don't have enough of them. 
And I don't, we've always been a school that has done more with less. And as long as I can remember, I've heard coaches, I've heard administrators talk about, you know, people expect more than they're able to do given what they give. So like, you know, we've always, we've always had one of the lowest budgets, but we still, you know, kick all these other teams asses. You know, we still, we have all these things that we've been able to do without the resources. So I can't imagine what we'd be able to do with them. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We've talked about that before, but can you imagine? Can you imagine if we had like 40 something million dollars coming in from ESPN every single solitary year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We have an entire, entire athletic budget is around like 27, I think. So, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 hey, I'll say this too. Uh, when I, when I went to go see Cody over at Eagle Club, um, to re-up mine this year, I heard him talking to a guy on the phone. And these guys will work with you in every single way. If you want to put down, you know, X amount of dollars right now and then say, hey, man, after that, take out this much per month. If you just tell them kind of the number you want to, they will make it work in a thousand different ways. Um, if anybody's stressed out about walking over there or walking in the door, it's it's the most stress-free thing ever. And in and, and any single amount will help. So, you know. Go join up. I, I'm ready to go to these Eagle Club things, and me and you not to be like the youngest guys there, right? <laughs> I mean, you look around, and I'm like, well, this isn't great because that guy right there has had season tickets and Eagle Club membership for 40-something years. And, um, heck, I'm in my 40s now. I, we need to see, and we, there's some. We see uh, we, we see Fitz there, right? We, we see some young guys walking around. Um, but, um, you know, we need more of us. We need more. We need way, way – we need tickets to sell out to these things, and you can't get in the door. So, I, I I can't wait for it to actually happen. I hope we're not sitting here doing this podcast in like another 15 years talking about the exact same thing. But um, if we are, I'll still be right there in the end zone watching yeah, the games. <laughs> so, you play the hammer deal. So, so, just to reiterate, as far as the team that deserves the AAC shot, I don't think there's anyone more deserving than Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. Given what where we are, what we've accomplished, and the way that we've dominated these teams in the past. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors in play that we have no control over. And what do you do? You just have to kind of accept what happens. So if, if, um, if they don't, hopefully the best, like I said, best case scenario in my mind is nothing happens right now. Um, you know, gives us some more time to better our case, which I think we're moving in that direction. But if we don't get in, it's not the end because I have a feeling that this is all going to happen again at some point and <laughs> it's all going to shake up. So we got to just keep. Working to put ourselves in a better position. If we don't get into the AAC, and um, I w- what I, I would like to see happen, and I'm sure a lot of other fans would too, is kind of a restructuring with more of a regional conference. I would like to see something that, you know, I know we've always looked down on the Sun Belt, but truth be told, we're kind of around the same level at this point, and it sure would be nice to have to be able to travel to a lot of the games we play as well as have other teams fan bases travel to our venue so if if we don't get that nod i'm hoping that at some point it shakes up to where we get to play you know the louisiana lafayette's more of the regional teams Mm -hmm. it it would save us a lot of money and i think you would have some more intense rivalry games south al throw them in there yeah i'm down i'm down either way i'm and and it's not that I, I dislike what? playing a lot of the teams that we have now, but this thing is just crazy. Going from Miami to El Paso, going, you know, I mean, it's it's gotten out of control. And not, not to mention that the TV revenue is just it's gone. Two hundred thousand dollars a team. That's just that's insane. Um, so something's got to change. But this is the year to do it. 
It starts off with these Eagle Club members and then whooping some ass on the football field and putting ourselves in a decent spot and, you know, adding a coat of paint on the reed green and we're, we've, we've got a shot. You can, and, and if you, if we don't get in and you're expecting it and we don't have at least 5,000 in the Eagle Club, I mean, you really don't have a leg to stand on. Good point. I mean, very it's, fair. it's just, it's what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, dude, I think we've rambled long enough. So yep. we've got some, we got some great interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks, heading into football season in August where we're going to get ready for that. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington, Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Got to get some shout outs. Shout outs to our friends at college sports Shout out to the men of Sigma Chi, the Theta Delta chapter. And a shout out to the men of Pi Kappa Phi, the Theta Alpha chapter. Jason, you got any shout outs? Man, uh, I guess a real quick shout out to the Theta Delta chapter again in Hoke Fellas. And also, uh, best of the Pine Belt. Big shout out to them. Got my ducats in the mail. And, um, like I said, Right when we get off this podcast, I'm going to freshly iron my brand new jeans. <laughs> and a shout out to Drew Wick, who helped us this year sling in the graphics. So the best of Pine Butter Boards, for those that don't know, Signature Magazine and Festival South, they do a online voting for some local categories. Best local podcast. This is the first year they're doing it. And it is actually going to be, they, they use like 12, or 12 awards, I think they present on stage. And this is the first year for Best Local Podcast, and it will be presented on stage as well. So that's is a great opportunity for whoever wins it. Best Local Comedian is back on stage again this year. I don't expect to win it. I don't deserve it. But I, I, any of the comics that we have will be awesome. So I'm excited that uh, that those two categories are back in the mix. Upcoming comedy shows. Um, Last for Life 2019 with Frank Caliendo and special guest Keith Alberstadt. It's going to be Friday. August the 2nd at the Sanger Theater here in Hattiesburg. Going to be an amazing show. Frank Caliendo, you've seen him on Mad TV, ESPN, Fox NFL Sunday, Master Impressionist. Always a great time. Gotten to be a good friend of the cause. He's helped us out with something every year we've done this this event. And I believe we're something like we've raised about, I think we've already this year, we've already raised over 100000 for the charitable causes. Wow. Um, you know, And I think that's on top of 475 that we've raised uh, over the previous three years. So it's pretty amazing what we've been able to do. And, and, you know, shout out to Ken Oliver and, you know, Forest General and all the, all the sponsors. Um, I can't go through name everyone, but it's really been an amazing thing we've put on here in, in the Hub City. And if you're a sports fan, uh, Frank Caliendo, you know who he is and it's, it's going to be a great time. Um, also, if you'd like to support the show, patreon.com slash to the top talk. You want to get a shout out on the show. You want to run a commercial on the show. Hit us up. Let's do it. Jason, before we shut it down, before we finish up the fiscal 2019 school year, do you have any final thoughts? Nope. Looking forward to the summer. Getting after it. Fourth of July party is next week. Uh, you better get your drinking shoes on and um, it'll be football season before you know it. Look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating, review, and whatnot. If you like the show, tell your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss... To the top. Talk.